online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, two teens venture out in the middle of the night and stumble upon a peculiar work site. Could they have witnessed a group haunting? Could the devil be dancing in Denver? We'll hear the local legend of the cowboy in black. A grandfather goes on vacation with his family, but is he joining in on the fun in death, too? And finally, we'll hear a listener's account of a mysterious hitchhiker that stalks a southern highway. Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am uh, I'm doing spectacular. You know, I think it's funny that we do this because our offices are next door to each other, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of times we don't see each other for a good part of the day. That's true. So our listeners probably think we're just doing this for the show, but it's both because we're really catching up. <laughs> That's true. I mean, sometimes I like to knock on the wall and code, and uh-huh. then sometimes I get a knock back, and then I go over there and there's no one over there, which is really creepy. Just three random knocks. Just three random knocks, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I saw a... Uh, a movie trailer where that was part of it for a new horror movie, Insidious Part 3. Really? And I tried watching the first one, I think it was number one, and I I don't know. I Maybe I need to try it again. I don't like horror movies that are shot like reality shows. Okay. I, I, I like more of the somatic or cinematic older style. You know, like movies. You like know? a movie movie. Like a movie movie. Not a Blair Witch. Yeah, I don't feel like it's, I need everyone holding the cameras and walking around and that's just, you know, let's get it from the point of view of the dog. You know, I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm the pets in these settings watching this stuff happen. And it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's I don't know. I, it, it feels, when movies are shot like that, and I don't know if this new one is or not, judging by the trailer, it didn't look like it, but who the hell knows. I, I feel like it's a lot less cinematic because it's just like, oh, we got some... with the other ones, I like it where they really take some time to figure out where they're going to put that camera, how it's going to go from point A to point B, not just this kind of jerky, weird, somebody's walking around filming this thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It feels cheap to me. That's just me, though. So, <laughs> they probably spent more money on those movies than You're even the right. other ones. You're probably right. I'm just, no. Anywho. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in. Hey, be an EPP if you're not yet, if you are brand new to the show uh, and you're looking for some ghost stories. We do this show year-round, by the way. This is not just like for Halloween. Every single week of the year we do the show. And if you uh, can't get enough of it uh, and enjoy the show and want to support the show, we ask you to become an EPP. It's called an Extra Podcast Person. It's 5 bucks a month or it's 60 bucks a year, whatever is more convenient for you. We email you every single week a bonus episode exclusively for our EPPs uh, and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are keeping this show alive. So please support the show if you enjoy the show. Let's kick off uh, the festivities today with a letter from Kang. Uh, Kang writes in, Hi, this is Kang from Denver. Thanks for telling my story of the demon in the burqa. I've been meaning to write in again for the longest time, so I have a couple 
of stories. A local legend told around Denver is the devil and the mechanical bull. If anyone who knows about this story, feel free to correct me. This happened back in 98 around Halloween. There was a party going on in a hotel's event area. One of their main attractions was a mechanical bull. It had five settings, five being the highest and one being the lowest, although no one ever made it past three. A man dressed in a full black cowboy suit walked into the room. The room went silent and everyone stopped and stared at him. What stood out the most was his black snakeskin boots. He was a very handsome man. All the women wanted to be with him and all the men wanted to be him. He walked across the room and chose a lady to dance with. Everyone resumed as usual. As the night went on, he made his way to the mechanical bull. Everyone watched as a crowd cheered him on. It went to one, then two, three, four, and five. Everyone watched as the bull violently thrashed him around. Suddenly, his boots flew off, and that was when the ride stopped. Horrified, where his feet were supposed to be, were goat hooves. You could hear a pin drop as everyone looked on in horror. He got off the bull, bowed, and the lights turned off. Suddenly, the lights turned back on, and he had disappeared. Everyone screamed, cleared the room in a matter of seconds. The police were called. Even the staff had never seen him come in or out. The lady who danced with him was found dead in a ditch the next day. She said a whole bunch of uh, scratch marks all over her body. Her cause of death was unknown. Uh, the next one is a little bit funnier. Oh, that was funny. So that's kind of an urban ghost legend, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there any legitimacy to that story? It's probably just an urban legend that's from Denver. Who knows? It'd be it, interesting to see what the... Because usually these things have a basis. Right. You know, somewhere. So if someone has a basis to that one, that would be interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe somebody's had a prosthetic goat leg. That would be funny. <laughs> I'm I'm I hate to say that, but that would I think I would find that very funny. <laughs> it would really freak a lot of people out. You know, if you're someone with a with a personality that just wants to screw with people, and if you had to have a prosthetic leg, I would totally go with a prosthetic goat looking leg rather than the human looking because it would just be like, oh my god! Especially or maybe just around Halloween. Yeah, you change it up throughout the year. <laughs> it's a concept. Every part of the year, you have a different animal. <laughs> That's horrible. Continuing on, says the next one's a little bit funnier. When I was around 11, I needed to use the restroom, but the upstairs one was occupied, so we went down to the basement restroom. It was a week after Halloween, and a certain radio station just got done telling their ghost stories, so they were still fresh in my head. My sister was about nine and hated ghost stories. She saw me heading towards the restroom, and she bolted in and locked me out. Angrily, I started telling the ghost stories to try and scare her. After giving up, I walked away all smug, looking to the water heater on my right. I saw a black shadow duck under. Terrified, I cleared the stairs in two steps. It was a little bastard. I think I got what I deserved. I still live in this house today, and I feel no paranormal energies whatsoever. I think it was a one-time thing to teach me a lesson. Next time you guys visit Colorado, you should check out Riverdale Road. It's one of those type of roads and has all kinds of crazy stories around it. Maybe I'll write in next time. Thanks for letting me share my story. Okay, I think the funniest part of that whole letter was when you stop buying the story, I can tell by the tone in your voice, you go into bullshit mode. Do I? Yep, and you speed up and you're like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> 
And I can just totally tell, oh, he's lost it. He's not in it anymore. Well, it was, I mean, it was a good urban legend story. Sure. And, and what I like about it is that there has to probably be some kind of basis, like you said, to it. But, you know, the more the story's told, the more versions there are. Everybody has a slightly different version of it. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to know what the true story is that actually happened that night. Yeah, if anyone has any insight, uh, let us know. 855-853-4802. It'd be kind of fun some night to do ghost urban legend stories where, you know, people just send in their, their ghost urban legend stories, essentially, as the show would be titled that night. Sure. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one that has occurred to them, so to speak, but just, you know, the one that they grew up hearing or that they know about from their area because there's so many. It, it, people would be very surprised when you have an urban legend story like that of the the goat on the the mechanical bull or the goat legged man or whatever on the mechanical bull, how often people think that these stories are unique to their area, uh-huh. and they think, oh, that, that's a smurat. No, probably not. And how far apart they can be too, where it's not necessarily, oh, the state below you has it too. Sometimes it's like halfway across the country that the story pops up again. Um, just in some random location. Yeah. And it's not always just unique to their one area. And there's usually like one or two details that are a bit different about it, but it's still essentially the same story. So you have to wonder, you know, they probably spread by someone moving and telling it and at some point. But it's just, it's interesting because we were talking about that with Goatman not that long ago. Yeah. With uh, with with Nathan, the, the man who wrote the, the Goatman book, on how many variations there are to the Goatman story all over the country and how they're all just slightly a little bit different what are you laughing about because <laughs> your chair is progressively moving across the room and you keep trying to scoot it back up to the mic <laughs> well no i was just i was changing my position and getting up and still talking i didn't want to have to say, hang on everyone let me move and resituate and stop talking for a moment hey you announce when you need to take a drink or you're about to cough so. i don't announce when i take a drink i try and inconspicuously take a drink and it happens so often that it's inconspicuous it is. It's very. Nobody has any idea, especially when I'm in the middle of a story. Hang on. And then there's just this long pause where there really doesn't need to be a long pause. <laughs> Anyhow, that's our show, kids. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. You can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and leave your real ghost story for us. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, just want to let you know, like everybody else says, the show is pretty awesome. Uh, I was looking for a podcast uh, probably two or three weeks ago. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Halloween, and uh, once October 1st hits, uh, I'm pretty much in Halloween mode the entire month. So uh, I was looking for a good podcast, and I searched uh, Scary or Ghost or something like that, and you guys came up and... When I saw it, I expected it to be some old guy sitting behind a microphone reading some scary stories out of a book or something. Uh, but once I started listening to it, I realized how good the format was. And, man, I could I could probably get into this. And uh, pretty sure it was one of the first shows I listened to. Uh, you made a reference to to Rakins, and for people who don't know what Rakins are, they're a uh, furry little creature that destroys crops. Very terrifying. So, uh, I heard that, and it's like, well, these are my kind of people, so I can probably listen to this. 
And uh, so keep up the PPB references. I'm a big fan. Uh, but I got two things I wanted to share. Uh, I don't think I've ever really been through anything that I knew of. I might have experienced something and uh, not realized it. But uh, I uh, worked in a pizza shop when I was in high school. And uh, later on when I was in college, and when I first started there, there's this guy there named Mikey, a uh, really good guy. He was one of those types that, uh, you know, anybody could meet him and they didn't have a bad word to say about him. He's just a great guy. And about this time last year, he got killed in an accident. He was driving his motorcycle to work one morning and a car pulled out in front of him. Um, like I said, that, that happened in the morning and uh, everybody found out about it pretty upset but uh the next day the, the boss and whoever was working that day came in and uh there's this this meat slicer in there and uh they only use it to slice turkey which we don't use very much of uh probably use it every week or two you know and had an old 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 toggle switch on it so you can't really bump into it and cut it on uh, but nobody used it lately and they came in the next day after he got killed, and it was on, so he went to cut it off, and the thing was real, real hot. It was really, really warm because it had been running all night. So we've always kind of had a joke of, uh, that was Mikey coming to, coming to say what's up, you know, on his way out. Uh, but the second thing, my, uh, my mom has seen some, uh, some, some people in the family that have passed on a couple times in dreams. My grandpa, her dad, passed away about a year and a half ago, and she's seen him, I think, twice on the dream. Um, wasn't really anything spectacular. In the dream, she was in her house and walked in the living room, and he was sitting on the couch, and he uh, looked up at her and smiled, and that was pretty much it. Uh, there's a significant dream she had. Uh, when I was probably eight or nine years old, my grandma, which was my dad's mother, she had gotten cancer and, uh, you know, over time gotten really bad and she couldn't really do anything for herself. So my mom started taking care of her. Uh, my grandpa was kind of a piece of crap, wouldn't do anything. So my mom would drop us off at school and then go over there for the entire day and make her food or whatever, taking care of her. And they really, they really got close. And um, uh, she ended up passing away right after Christmas. Right after that, my dad um, started doing a lot of bad stuff. Um, I didn't, you know, hear it until a couple of years ago. But um, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't doing a lot of good stuff. And uh, my mom was asleep one night and had a dream. My grandma came to her, which is, like I said, it was my dad's mom that passed away. And she told my mom, you need to hit redial on your phone. This is, you know, back everybody had house phones and the redial. And my mom was just really confused. And she was like, you know, what are you talking about? And she said, you need to hit redial on your phone. And my mom woke up or the dream was over or whatever but that was all that was said and um, 
the mom woke up, my dad's getting ready for work, and she's just doing normal stuff, making coffee or whatever. And uh, it, it just keeps, you know, it's st- sticking in her mind. She can't, she can't get it out of her head. So she's like, I'll just, you know, whatever. I'll hit redial and see what's up. So she goes and hits redial on the phone, and it goes to my dad's voicemail that he had set up with his work. And the first message was a woman that my dad had been cheating on my mom with for about six months. It was just a generic message. Uh, hey, baby, can't wait to see you or whatever. And that's when my mom found out my dad was cheating on her for about six months. So after that, you know, she confronted him. They got a divorce and everything. So uh, I thought that was pretty crazy. You might want to hear it. Uh, I'll call back if ever experience anything. I'll definitely listen to this show every day. It's it's pretty amazing, and uh, you guys are awesome. So uh, keep up the good work. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for calling in and sharing that story. So that's there's a prime example of a dream that transcends into reality. Yeah. Where I can totally buy that that dream was paranormal. Yeah, I do too. That's really interesting. Was that the grandpa? Who said no, that? No, that was actually um, the caller's father's mother. Okay, that said it. Okay. okay so okay. basically, you know, the mother-in-law letting the wife know, yeah. hey, my son's up to no good. Yeah. Wow. So. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the story. We really appreciate that. Hey, we found out an update uh, on something with uh, the Spirits in the Air a short film that we put together, which if you're an EPP, by the way, you have complete access to uh, when we send out those emails. Another reason to be an EPP is to watch that uh, that film. It's about 25 minutes about the haunted airport. Um, one of the stories in there uh, involved... Uh, how can I summarize this without giving too much away? I think I kind of have to give some stuff away. It's the story of uh, what was written in paint, the I did it. Yes. And creepy as hell. Um, the connection actually ends up being made that the guy who, who wrote I did it uh, allegedly molested a little girl. Um, and he kind of lived at the airport. He's like the maintenance guy. Right. Like years and years and years and years ago. Anyway, we were at the airport over the weekend uh, for a little Halloween thing. And we we got to see the basement where the the rooms were, where his room was, and it's all since been, uh, you know, taken apart essentially. And now it's files, and there's not little creepy rooms anymore, which I was kind of disappointed by. I was hoping the little creepy rooms were still there, <laughs> but they're not. Um, but we found out um, allegedly that uh, the the man supposedly uh, also died in that building. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. It is interesting. And it, it's also interesting to me. That would have been something that we would have been interested in knowing when we were there. Yeah. But when you're when you're a skeptic, I think you're you probably you weed out what you think is important and sure. what's not. Because like also they have a plane there that's mm-hmm. been rebuilt. But apparently this plane crashed. Mm hmm. And killed not only the pilot, but the students, an old biplane, you know, so one would have sat right behind the other. Well, when it did a nosedive and crashed into the ground, the engine was pushed into the back seat. So yeah. there were obviously no survivors. And that's something I would have found interesting at the time, you know, yeah. as far as reasons for the place to be haunted. Yeah. I mean, these are like, 
obvious ones. <laughs> yeah. I, well, for you and me, they are. Sure. But for Lon, who's more of a skeptic, yeah. you know, that's not something that would have probably even crossed his mind. Yeah, because we, we had asked about, you know, has anyone died in the building? And, and I should say this. It has not been documented that that man died in the building, but apparently the woman who was the victim of this man had kind of uh, kept tabs on the area throughout yeah. the years. And she claims that, that she had found out years later that the man had died in the building and that that's just word to word it's not i don't don't know if there is documentation somewhere if there is uh the powers that be have not seen it but someone has made that claim um that the the plane crash is documented yes um so there's like objects in this building and the likely and there's a sure possibility that someone died right there in that building i mean not to mention all the bodies from world war ii that went through the thing but you know, items that are still there. Yeah. That, that attach, um, it, 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 we've connected some dots, I think, as to what may be or who may be in that building. Well, and that plane that, you know, had the two people die in it, that's, I was sitting directly in front of that when I had my little experience. When you got tapped, yeah. Whether or not it has anything to do with that, I just find it ironic. Yeah, we were like three feet. The whole building, that's where that happened. Including, I mean, they had to obviously rebuild a lot of that plane. Sure. But um, there's parts like the old tail is is on the wall next to the plane. And I I didn't know that. Because I'm like, well, this part looks like it belongs to that plane, but it's just hanging on the wall. I didn't know what it was or why. I just thought maybe it was... Maybe the plane was deteriorating somewhere for a sure. long time, and it was just, no, we kept it because it was the original. I didn't realize it was from the crash of the plane. Well, sure. I mean, what they could salvage and, yeah. and put back on, they did. Repair, but it's there. Yeah. Anyway, check it out. You'll hear a lot of good ghost stories about that place. And now that you know that bit of insight, uh, it may connect some dots even more. Right. For what's going on there. Anyway, EPPs get to see that. If you want to see it, become an EPP, and you will get that link sent to you via email as soon as we send out the next EPP uh, podcast link uh, this coming weekend on Saturday that will be going out. So 855-853-4802 is a phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Jennifer writes in, back in the 90s when I was a teenager, I had a strange experience. I was with my friend Jen. It was summer, and we used to stay up late. It was about 2 a.m. in Milford, Michigan. We decided to go for a bike ride in town. In town, there are benches and a water fountain in the alleyway and a gazebo. The alleyway led to the back of the buildings and a parking lot. We heard the sound of a jackhammer. It was late, too late for something to be going on. A man walked past us on the street, and he said, Do you hear that? We said, Yeah, I wonder what that is. He said we should check it out. We got on our bikes and proceeded through the alley to the parking lot. When we got there, there were men and women wearing orange hard hats. There was a large area taped off with yellow caution tape, and a radio was playing music. They were digging a giant hole in the parking lot. I was going to approach them and ask what they were doing, but all of a sudden, the music just turned off. got really quiet. Each and every single one of them all turned their heads at the same time. And we're staring at us. It was so creepy. We pedaled off so fast. When we went back the next day, there was no hole in that parking lot. That's weird. You would have at least seen where the hole had been if they'd even filled it in. Well, why are they doing that in the middle of the night? Right. You know, uh, there's plenty of construction that goes on during the day where you go, why don't they do that in the middle of the night? Because it would make sense. 
But they were doing it in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And no whole... You'd have something the next day. Oh, yeah. That's, so what do you think? I mean, do you... That really could go two ways. I mean, it could be... You could go the conspiracy theory route and there were, you know, they were covering something up, they were getting something out, and then, you know, disappeared and patched it. Or you can go the route of it was ghosts. Well, if there was a patch, you would be able to tell because you, you've all seen a patch in a parking lot or a pothole that's been filled in. It's going to obviously look different than the surrounding part. To me, when they said, you know, there was no hole, they didn't even allude to that there was a a difference from where the hole was. It sure. just sounds like there was nothing that it just looked exactly the way it always had. Yeah. Normal old parking lot. I wonder what type of music was playing. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, That'd I be thought about that too. Like, like how era. old? Uh-huh. <laughs> interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Um, this is Damien from Alberta, Canada. Uh, I just want to say I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for about two months now. Um... I have I have tons of stories, but as it is Ouija Awareness Month, I'm going to totally start with these. So anyway, so tonight I have two short tales for you guys. Uh, when I was 12, my friend and I thought we would contact my dead adoptive mom with a makeshift Ouija board made from cardboard and paper. It was pretty ghetto. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I was a skeptic at this point and honestly thought it wouldn't work. We were in her basement in the living room area and being the thrill-seeking kids that we were, decided to use only candles as a source of light. Um, We made contact with the spirit and began talking to it. Nothing in the conversation was significant, but suddenly from, I guess like the, the top right of my vision, I saw a bright light that darted from top right to the bottom left, just like completely diagonal and it disappeared. Um, when we were using the Ouija boards, we, I mean, we had the curtains closed. There was basically no way that a source of light like this would be able to, to get into the basement when we were using it. Um, my friend and I, we, we made, we ended, we ended contact soon after and we kind of sat there for a second and she, she gave me this odd look and asked, did you see that? So, of course, you know, I asked her, oh, you know, what, what do you mean? And she described the strange light that I had seen prior to. Um, so that kind of, you know, that kind of was like, oh, okay, well, maybe these things do work. Like, I was still standing at a, at a skeptic point. And, you know, of course, I'm constantly trying to debunk this, this strange light that I saw. Um, we ended our session that night. Um, but my friend and I, of course, you know, we're, we're 12 year old kids. What are we going to do? Play outside. So we ended up, we got together another weekend and we were using our little makeshift Ouija board again. Um, and we're, we thought like, oh, okay, well let's, let's use the basement cellar as, you know, our, our next little Ouija board point, see what we can get in there. Um, bad idea by the way um seriously like don't ever use a ouija board and if you are going to use one don't ever use it in an enclosed space like it gets freaky so we're we're in the cellar for our second round 
again, you know, we decided to use just candles as our source of light. We close the door and we're sitting in this tiny little cellar. And we made contact with something and we're talking to it and egging it on because that's everything you're not supposed to do is pretty much what we used to do. Um, and we started hearing a scratching noise kind of like at first like it was in the corner and I looked at her and I was like oh my god you got rats and she's like um no like we got our house clean last month um we heard the scratching noise and it, then it sounded like from where where it was from the corner was underneath our table by our feet and it literally sounded like something was like skittering around beneath our feet but like her toes and my toes were touching. She was not moving and I was not moving my feet. And we kept hearing the, like that, that weird scratching noise and the air in the room just like got heavy. Like it was like, it was like if you, I don't, I don't know what's a good way to describe it, but it was just such a thickness in the air that like, you know, it almost became hard to breathe as we were using the board. Um, it did say what its name was. Um, I will, I won't put any of that out there because I don't want to instigate anything else with other people and stuff if they decide to make the bad decision to use a Ouija board. But like our, our candle went out as, you know, we we're feeling this like thickness in the air, scratching beneath our feet and the candle just goes out. Her and I ran out of that room so fast. Like, it took us, like, a week to go back in that room just to grab our, our board and everything. Um, so nothing really, like, particularly scary in that story. Uh, just just kind of, like, you know, if you got if any parents out there and stuff, if you have younger kids and everything I that are, you know, into that kind of thing. Um I really do encourage to sit down and, and make sure that, you know, if you are going to use a Ouija board, make sure that uh, everybody knows um, kind of the do's and don'ts. I mean, mostly it is a huge don't, but I guess that's pretty much just what I have there. Um, I'll probably call back with some more stories and stuff I have. I have some amazing ones that my aunt has told me. They scared the bejesus out of me. Um, Anyways, thanks so much for your show, guys. I look forward to hearing the rest of it. I'm kind of behind on a few episodes right now, but I'll catch up. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. And there you go. Just your classic Ouija board story. I would say it's a big don't. Yeah. <laughs> just just don't do it. Uh, we saw one the other night. We were at uh, that little get-together. Yeah, we sure did, didn't we? <laughs> Pointed, look, honey. And I believe you said something to the uh, effect of hell no and walked away fast. Yeah, I did. I did. I also didn't participate with the tarot cards can either. You, can you get affected by a Ouija board even if you're not the one that uh, is doing it just, just by proximity? Like if somebody else is using it and you're in the same room and they're screwing around with it? I think so. I, I think so because if you invite something in and it decides, oh... I think I like that person. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mess Go over with there. that yeah. person. Sure. Yeah. No, I think you definitely can. So it's like by association, possession by association. 
I would say it's possible. Yeah, I, I in the realm asking. of all the things that we talk about. <laughs> no, I mean I think you're right. I mean I think that could very well be the case. I didn't see anyone using it while we were there. No, so that was good because actually that came across my mind. I'm like, I don't think I want to be in this room if somebody starts playing with this thing. Uh-uh. So. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Andrew writes in, I love listening to your show during the day with my iPod. I'm a big fan. I'm an electrician who lives in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Okay. Trivia, kids. Belfast. Okay. Also famous for what? A ship. Well, I know. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Titanic. Congratulations. That's where it was built. You get a piece of candy corn. Okay. And maybe one of those little candy corn pumpkins, too. Yay. There you go. Trivia of the day. I carry out maintenance on the schools around Belfast, and I'm often in several different schools in one day. You get to know the ghost stories from the different schools, which can creep you out when in a school by yourself. It's eerily quiet with long corridors, and it can play with your head. I've heard a few stories from the lads I work with. And their experiences, which I can tell you some other time if you want. I never experienced anything myself personally until last weekend. I and another uh, spark named Sam were in on the weekend by ourselves. We had to pull 130 meters of cable into the two linked into into link two panels, and it was impossible to do with the kids present. We often work weekends in our line of work. We just stopped to talk about the best way to go about getting down the corridor when Sam stopped mid sentence. We were facing each other. I saw a look of confusion on his face. When I asked what was wrong, he just said nothing. I pressed him for details. And after a few minutes, he finally said, I thought I saw a shadow on the corridor and disappear up the stairs. We walked around the, walked down the corridor to where he had seen it, and there was no one about. I suggested it might have been the caretaker who might have forgotten something and came back, but the front entrance was at the other end of the corridor. To get to that point, he would have had to walk right past us. The lights would have come on, and they're all on eco-sensors, which switch off when no one is about to save electricity. We didn't think too much about it. At our first tea break, I went to the van to get my lunch bag. When I came back in, I heard mugs and cups rattling upstairs. I thought it was Sam looking for a mug for his cup of soup, which he loves so much. I went upstairs to eat tea with him, but there were only three rooms, all of which were locked. I hurried back down the stairs to find him in a room already halfway through his soup. Were you not just upstairs, I asked him. He looked at me and said, no, I've been here since you went to the van. I told him what happened, so we went up to investigate, and we found nothing, and again... Shrugged it off, but we were both a bit uneasy. Towards the end of the day, we had to walk around the school and uh, try to find the caretaker's store. Upstairs, we found a set of double doors, which we tried, but they were locked. As soon as we turned around and headed off down the steps, the doors shook and the left side opened. We looked at each other and both took off down the stairs. At the bottom, we both agreed the doors were locked and we both had seen the door open. This was when Sam realized we were standing in the part of the corridor where he had seen the shadow figure. This creeped us both out. But the final straw for me was when I looked to my right and saw a plaque on the wall. I sent you a photo uh, I took of this in a separate email. The plaque was erected in memory of a 12-year-old pupil who died in the school in 1969. This all happened on the Saturday. I wasn't looking forward to Sunday. 
However, nothing happened after we discovered the plaque. Was that what it all was about? Someone just wanted us to see the plaque? Let us know he existed? I don't know. When the caretaker came on Sunday to lock up, we we asked uh, if the place was haunted. Immediately, the caretaker asked, Why? What did you see? He told us of the young boy he's seen about the place, and the IT suite was the worst for activity. That just happened to be the double doors that opened on us. Anyway, thank you for reading my story. It's the only one I've ever encountered and had. I don't mind if you have any, uh, if I have any other encounters, as long as I'm not by myself. Sorry if my story was a bit long-winded. Keep up the great work. Love your show. You and Jenny are the best. I would say it's probably that pupil. Probably, and it makes sense that it happens around the IT room because of all the equipment and energy and electricity going through there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Creepy. I like the the imagery in my mind when I'm hearing stories from other countries is always so much more creepy. <laughs> really? What <laughs> I don't is know. that? It's because the buildings are so much older. So you, you okay. figure there's, you know, there's there's a lot more. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I mean, sometimes there's plenty of modern buildings that are built in other countries. That's just me being, I guess, somewhat judgmental. But, you know, I, a lot of you know infrastructure, you're, you're, you're bound to have a higher percentage of older infrastructure. Okay. In a country that's much older. So, um, but I, I, yeah, it just, it makes for better ghost stories, I think. <laughs> At least in my mind as I'm reading these things. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Greg writes in, hey guys, really love the show and long may it continue. Okay. I experienced quite a few paranormal experiences over the years. I'm 30 now, but when I was a kid, I was very sensitive to these things. It all started when one night... I was staying at my aunt's old house in the English countryside. The house must have been at least 300 years old, and it certainly has a creepy atmosphere to it. I had previously seen black balls of energy zipping around the house occasionally, but nobody really took it this seriously. On this particular night, I was in the bedroom playing by myself with some figurines when I noticed a faint outline of a boy at the end of the bed. He started to walk briskly across the room, and I noticed he was hooded. It was so scary. I screamed out for my father, and the boy disappeared, and it was over. Looking back, I kind of feel sorry for screaming out. He was probably just lonely. Later in life came the scariest experience. Many people had said they felt my father's house was haunted. I myself had heard footsteps in the attic when I was the only person at home, and my brother had also said that he had witnessed the bedside lamp in his room moving of its own accord. The house was especially scary at night when it was dark. One night I woke up very early in the morning. It must have been between 2 or 3 a.m. The room was dark, but the moonlight had lit the room slightly. As I turned over and looked up at the ceiling, I saw what I can only describe as a gray man floating. He was in midair, and he was maybe three feet from me, directly above me. He was just staring at me. His features were not fully formed, but I could make out that he had a mustache and short hair. Without even thinking, I leapt out of bed and turned the light on. It was terrifying. I subsequently moved my bed away from the area entirely and managed to sleep after a few hours. I never saw this being again. My brother, using a pair of dowsing rods, said that there seems to be two spirits in that very room. And a psychic also claimed that the being I saw was a previous occupant who wished to scare me, that I might move out. Well, it didn't work, but it certainly has left an impression on me. And that's my story. I've never used dowsing rods. And I don't know 
how I, it's one of those things where I can't I can't have an opinion because I've never used them. Okay. So I can't say I don't know if they work because I've never used them. So I how the hell would I know? I would think that it would be fairly easy to have them manipulated in your hands without you knowing it. Sure. Um, and, and and I'm not saying manipulated by paranormal anything. I'm just saying manipulated by your hands getting sweaty, you know, and then it naturally kind of moving just because of the sweat and the weight of the rods. Um, I don't know. I, that, that that's that's my impression of someone who's never used them because they they you put them out in your hands. I know how they work, and then they tend to supposed to cross or they're supposed to go in directions, and that supposedly leads you towards paranormal activity or an entity or something like that. Well, I'd imagine it, even if your hands are sweaty and you held them fairly level, mm-hmm. that they would still operate the way they're supposed to. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where I think you would you would need to be instructed by someone who knows what they're doing uh, with them, so you're you're for surely using them correctly, mm-hmm. versus just like getting them on Amazon and hoping for the best. <laughs> now, because that's something I would do, like, oh, let's see what these do, uh, you know. Anyway, if anyone has, I know Cisco's talked about using them before. Yeah, she used them at Gettysburg. Sure. So I, I'd be interested to hear some, if anyone has ever used them, if there's any interesting stories of, of what they have led you to. You know, because yeah. I could see, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not debunking them. I'm not saying, you know, they don't work. Um, I'm just telling you what little I know about them as far as use, because I've never actually handled them. I don't know, when I've, the few times I've actually ghost hunted, other than just talking about, you know, ghosts. Uh, I've never really used anything. It's always been the person with me. I, I've had a recorder. That's uh-huh. about it. But that was usually to document what was going on for the show, and I wasn't to. It wasn't to pick up EVPs. Okay. So, no. Lily writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm writing in from Australia, and I've been listening to the show for the past week. As I just discovered it, I really enjoy the show and was inspired to write in with a few of my own experiences. The only experiences that I've had that relate to ghosts involve my grandpa. Strange things that seem to relate to him and his life began happening to me this year after his death. The first time I remember something happening was the time when I was sitting in my home study all alone. My parents were upstairs with my siblings playing with our Wii. I was in the middle of doing my homework when the study's door closed when I heard heavy breathing coming from behind me. It felt as if someone was breathing down my neck. In that moment, all I could think was that the breathing sounded like an uneven breath of my grandpa, what I often heard when in the hospital when visiting him months prior to his death. I abandoned the study, ran up to the second story of my home, and joined the rest of my family. They laughed at my breathless look, and I said nothing and sat down. I didn't want to say anything because he had only recently passed away, and my mom was still upset over his death. It had been an... Uh, It may have been an overreaction, but I felt like I was being watched and had to leave. After that, I was scared to go to bed at night in my bedroom closet to to the study. My bedroom was closest to the study and in a more secluded area of the house. The next experience I had took place when my family and I took our end-of-year annual vacation to the beachside of Stansbury, a little fishing along the York Peninsula of my home state of South Australia. My family, including my grandfather, would go to this town at the end of the year for a two-week vacation, staying in the 
Uh, Stansbury Carvin Park was a tradition that had been going on for many generations, and usually my grandpa would drive us there. One night, the adults had left for the other side of the park in which we were staying, leaving me and my little brother with our two cousins in our own van. We were playing board games, and my cousin asked me if he could get himself a drink. I said yes, and he mindlessly reached into the cabinet and pulled out a plastic mug. As he grabbed the tinned uh, Milo from the cupboard, uh, he heard a loud bang. We turned to see that the mini-fridge on the other side of the van had slammed open, and the milk flew out. It didn't simply just fall out, but flew to hit the side of the van. It did not touch the floor, but the wall. My cousin approached it and placed the milk back inside the closed uh, and closed the door again. He returned to his place when it flew out again. When he placed the milk back inside the fridge, checking for anything that may have made it fly out, he went back to his mug and started to stare at it. He then turned to us and showed us the words written on the mug, which spelled out, Grandpa. We stared at each other for a short while before my cousin suggested that Grandpa was getting the milk for him. We laughed it off, but I still wondered whether Grandpa's spirit had come along for the vacation, which he held so dear. A third event happened to me and my mother, and we were driving back home from uh, Stansbury. I was lying back in the car with my eyes closed, trying to get some sleep, when I was suddenly flung forward against the car's dashboard. I looked toward my mother before the car crashed into a small pole which lined the road. My father, who was driving with my youngest brother in a second car in front of us, stopped, came back to see if we were all right. After checking on us, he asked what made us crash. My mother continued to repeat the same story that everything was fine when she suddenly lost all control of the steering wheel, as if someone else was driving, and she was fighting for control over the wheel. My father checked the car, and everything seemed as normal, with no indication of what caused the car to crash. I was 12 at the time and a little shaken, but mother was in tears, and my dad tried to console her. As she finally calmed down, we set out on the road again. I asked her why she was so upset over the crash, even though we weren't seriously injured. She replied that the spot on which we had just crashed was the same spot she and Grandpa had crashed a few years ago when he was driving to Stansbury and fell asleep at the wheel. I was scared to be in the car the rest of the journey, fearing, fearing, fearing that maybe Grandpa had decided to join us on the trip home. Love listening. Keep up the amazing work. Okay, your grandpa may have been nice in life, but it sounds kind of like he's not so nice in death. Why was he uh, flinging the milk could be kind of a joke or something? I would do that to freak out grandchildren, but to take control of a car and almost cause it to crash, I don't know that that's the grandpa. Yeah. I oh yeah, I just, I don't I don't know. It's it's ironic that it happened at the same spot. I think that's more irony than I think it's more irony than it is the grandpa. Okay. I don't know. Unless there's some something there that you don't know about grandpa. I still wouldn't be flinging milk at my grandkids. I would. I would totally be flinging milk at my grandkids and pudding. Oh, uh, sure. Skittles, you know, whatever's around, really. Nothing harmful, you know, just, you know, fun stuff. Cereal. <laughs> what? I don't I don't want to be one of those ghosts that scares on purpose. I know just by the being a ghost, by the nature of being a ghost, you're going to be scary to some people, but I don't want to purposely make it worse. It's just grandpa. There's Fruit Loops flying around again. That's all. It'll be great fun. <laughs> William writes in, this is more of a religious ghost story. 
a family friend that was close to us is very Catholic. She made uh, the trip one weekend to a church gathering in Alabama. While driving back, she said that the sky went gray and the rain was coming. She's driving back to Tennessee when she sees hitchhiking on the Lone Highway, a little person. She doesn't know why, but she picks him up. He doesn't say much in the car other than she's other than he's heading north. The car is silent for 15 minutes or so as she's driving. When out of nowhere, he speaks up and said, St. Gabriel is coming soon to blow his horn. You see, that's the point. If that were to happen, I'd be like, okay, time to get out of the car now. Okay. I would not be messing with any random... Number one, I would be picking up a hitchhiker to begin with. Sure. But in the random event that I did, and then they start going on some sort of tirade about any sort of religion in general, or talking about, you know... St. Gabriel coming to blow, like the end of the world stuff, out of the car. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't want to, and it's not that I'm against religion or anything. I'm just against random hitchhikers in my car talking about the end of the world. <laughs> okay? That should be okay. a bumper sticker. Not against religion, just against random hitchhikers in my car talking about the end of the world. Uh-huh. Period. I'm taking a very firm stance against that. Okay. You do that. <laughs> you start a cause. Continuing on, she freezes up, not knowing what to say. Briefly, she looks out over her driver's side mirror and suddenly glimpses over to see the little person has vanished completely from the car. She pulls over, and he's not in the back seat. He's disappeared mid-drive. She's panicking and not knowing what to do. For some reason, she starts walking down this highway, trying to get uh, to a phone. Out of nowhere, a car comes down the highway, and it's the Alabama State Trooper. He gets out of his car, calms her down, when she tells him what happened, the trooper begins to panic some himself and asks him if she's okay or if he's okay. He then tells her that she's the fifth person to tell him the exact same thing that day. Okay, I have a question and I'm, I might be an ass for asking this, but would that story be as scary if it hadn't been a little person? If it just been... A yes! <laughs> Okay, just thought you I'd ask. ask for uh, an ask for an ask for asking that. <laughs> Is it creepier when it's a little person? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it certainly adds a little a dimension to the story where it, it's kind of out of place. It's like why you know? Okay, but I mean, she didn't say it was like an elf or something. No, maybe it was a Keebler elf talking about the end of the world. Are they making a cookie for that? And then he gave me a Manila cookie and everything. Oh, that's Pepperidge Farm. Yep. Damn it. What is Keebler man? And it's Milano, not Milano. I don't know. I just, that's what I've <laughs> always called them. There you go. That's one of those things where you have the, the revelation in life as an adult where somebody corrects you on something that you've had no idea their whole life what you're calling them. And there you, you get to do that public, publicly. Yeah. So, yeah. With no shame. <laughs> so there you go. So it's Milano. Yes. It's not Manila cookies? Milano. I learned something new today. <laughs> there you go. They're tasty. I like those. This is the ones with the chocolate in the middle, right? Oh. Like thin wafers. Yeah. When I made your graveyard cake last year, I used those as the headstones. Oh. Well, they'll always be Manila to me. Hi, you're on the show. Hi, Johnny and Jenny. This is John from Virginia again. I told the story of the ghost tournament, and the last one I called in was about the haunted marina. Um, I guess you guys didn't get my mother's story due to some bad audio or something. Usually when I call, I'm driving, and uh, it gives me time to actually be able to uh, to enjoy the podcast and listen to it and uh, and try to share uh, some experiences that I've had. Um, but the story that I'd called in 
uh, about. Uh, actually, a couple of them were. Um, one was a story um, that I told, and the other was a, a question about shadow people. And so I'll start with that. Um, my family has kind of been through a lot. Um, uh, first of all, my, my parents uh, lost my brother at a young age due to um, to cancer. And uh, we've always kind of felt like there was kind of a, a presence that was warm and kind of looking over us. But in my basement of my parents' house where I grew up, I always felt like there was something dark there. Um, and as a kid, you know, that can be kind of common. Uh, but my mom has, has told me over time that she was always afraid of the dark after my brother passed because she felt like it was something there trying to feed on her grief. And um, she felt like when they lost him, it was like this depression and this darkness and this, you know, these feelings that would kind of wash over her. So she would stay up at night, um, which is kind of weird because that's the way I grew up with her. Uh, she would not be sleeping and I couldn't sleep. So uh, we would actually kind of spend time together, you know, watching shows or whatever. And I was kind of a night owl as a kid. And growing up, um, became a musician, so who, who knows? But uh, anyway, the last thing that she told me just a few weeks ago is that um, she's seen some shadow people in the home, and um, that's disturbing because I really don't know where I weigh in on shadow people. Um, some people say they're just observers, and they just see them, and they cohabitate with them in their, their homes, and I don't know. Um, and then I've had, you know, other stories that I've heard you guys, uh, people call in and, and talk about, um, you know, waking up and seeing a shadow person, you know, with a knife or with uh, glowing red eyes or feeling like, you know, bad things from them. But the last experience that my mom told me that I'm a little worried about was that, uh, you know, she's not in good health and my dad is not in good health. And, um, Every year, you know, they, um, their their health declines a little bit more, and and so I was in checking on her after a recent hospital visit, and she was uh, saying that she was kind of in and out, and she felt like she was having chest pain, um, and the doctors had prescribed her uh, with the nitro pill to take in any case of she was having an emergency, uh, you know, like a beginning of a heart attack to kind of to help her out. And she said that um, she was in bed and she started having this feeling like pressure and she couldn't breathe and she couldn't find her, her medicine, her pills. And she said that she looked up and there was a little girl that she'd never seen before and didn't know who this person was. And um, she was standing at the foot of the bed and pointing to the dresser underneath some papers and bills that she had gone through. And there was her her little tablet bottle that had the nitro in it, and she was able to find it. But in her state, she was unclear of where to find it, and she was kind of getting hysterical. And, and then this thing came to her and showed her that. And um, so she she was kind of confused by that. 
And then that night, uh, my mom's very religious. She, you know, she can't leave home. She that kind of stuff. So she watches, you know, TV preachers and things like that. But she does read her Bible at home, and she's a very spiritual woman. Um, and she said, you know, that day she was just kind of thinking, you know, God and, and saying her prayers and her blessings for for whatever was sent to her, guardian angel or ghost or whoever, whoever it may be, um, thanking them for, you know, getting her through that spell. Um, you know, of course, uh, nothing that, you know, was really, you know, wrong or anything. She didn't have to go to the hospital or anything like that, but she was just having some, some, um, residual effects from her previous heart attack. But then she said, uh, while she was, doing these things and reading her Bible that she saw a black uh, person, you know, a, a ghost type of apparition that she could see through in the hallway, kind of go by the doorway and go into the wall where they've done some work in their home and uh, they kind of turned two bedrooms into one room and eliminated a doorway. There used to be a room there and she said this thing just kind of went into that doorway. And then she said it came out of um, the corner of her eye. She's seen out of the corner of the room a shadow person that was really tall and blacker than black, like everyone else describes it, walked over to her bed, and she was scared and was praying and holding her cross, and she said it lifted the sheet on the bed like it was going to get in bed with her or on her. And she said when she did, she said she felt like her will and her power and what she was trying to do almost escaped her. Like it was pulling, you know, her faith away from her almost. And it was going to try to climb into her. Like it was lifting the sheet and going to just slide into her body or, or into bed with her. Um, and she said she felt like it was going to do her harm and it scared her really bad as she didn't, you know, she doesn't like talking about it to anyone. And, and, um, she told me this and in confidence and that kind of thing. And, and if knowing what I do know about some paranormal things and listening to you guys show and all the ex, you know, people that know more about these types of things than others, uh, I still don't know about shadow people and from a recent vacation I, I purchased a cross that had been blessed with holy water and had prayers said over it from a uh, you know from a priest and, and I gave it to her and she's wearing it now and she says she hasn't had any um, any other events but I, I just wanted to get you guys um, opinion on that and, and I'll call back later with, uh, with some other stories um, because most all of mine were actually pretty nice and uh, and helpful and I know Jenny likes those stories rather than the uh, the scary one that uh, I had this is the only one that I had was really kind of freaking me out was the, the Haunted Marina but all the others were actually very helpful or, or kind of um, you know kind of kind of neat or, or um, interesting in, in that matter not scary but, uh, thank you guys for the show awesome um getting ready to become an EPP. Um, as a musician, don't have a lot of extra dough to throw out, but um, 
I think it's the content that you guys provide is top-notch and, and it's worth it. And um, that's one less cheeseburger that I'll be buying in the month. So thanks again, and I appreciate it, and look forward to more shows. Bye. Thank you for your call. I'm wondering if she's seeing more things now after she had her heart attack. That seems to happen. You hear that quite often where somebody goes through some sort of life-altering event, whether it be a heart attack or a major surgery or Mm -hmm. something, something life-altering. And that seems to sometimes open up that gateway. That and then the it sounds like they did a little remodeling, I'm guessing, to make things a little bit more comfortable with her recovery. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if all of that might play in. Yeah, because it sounds like a mixture of good and bad mm-hmm. that's going on. So I, I don't think it's all one thing. So it's I think it's, it'd be very difficult to, you know, I guess, you know, rid one thing, if you will. It's pretty much all or nothing. I would be curious to hear back and see if um, after, you know, she's worn the cross for a while, mm-hmm. that if things really died down and stayed that way, or if it just kind of was for a little bit and then and then see what happens. So yeah, just keep, keep us updated. Only certain things go away and certain things stay, just you know, depending on how you know. Uh-huh. It's only certain things are going to be repelled. You know, sure, but, uh, interesting. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number. Please become an EPP. Support the show. You sign up for that through the website realghoststoriesonline.com. You get a bonus episode every single week and access to other great stuff like the uh, the short films that we're working on. Spirits in the Air is out there already. So that goes out uh, in the email. The uh, EPP emails, they go out once a week. So if you sign up right now, the next email you get is coming up this Saturday. That is how that works. So don't freak out when it doesn't immediately show up in your inbox. Uh, it uh, It's a weekly thing, and once you're on the list, you're on the list. So get signed up, help support the show, and enjoy those bonus episodes. And if you're already an EPP, we thank you so much. Until next time, for Jenny Bruschi, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Online.